Good evening. If you will, let's turn to John 17. We'll look at my text is just really just a few words out of one verse, but uh, hopefully, if I remember, we'll come back to it at the end. John 17. I think this is very needed for us right now in our day, and I pray God will have it be with us. I can have the greatest well-prepared, God-honoring message, and you can come here wanting to rejoice and worship God and say out loud, we're going to worship God. And if he's not with us, that ain't going to happen. He has to be with us. And if he's with us, boy, that's something. That's a privilege. I thought of those millions and millions and millions and millions of people on this earth, and the Lord saved eight of them. Kevin, shouldn't you not resist the flow of popular opinion? I think I'll stand on God's word. Changes not. Who is a Christian? If you're a child of God, who's your brother and who's your sister? Who's my brother? Who's my sister? Who's a Christian? That word is, there's a bumper sticker business, ain't there? License plate business. And fish and everything else. I saw it growing up. I was a little kid. I didn't know what it meant. I wouldn't expose to things like that. I thought, Man, there's a whole lot of people who really like fishing in this county. I like fishing too. I thought they was out catching catfish. Who's a Christian? Do, do we need to know what the greatest minds of our generation say a Christian is? No. Who's God say it is? What does oneness with Christ consist of? What does being in Christ consist of? I want to be one with the Lord. I want to be one with his people. Because he said, if a man says he loves God, there's a whole lot of people say they love God in this state, ain't they? But he hates his brother. That one that's in Christ, he's a liar. They're lying. That's too rough. That's what God says. Is that what his word says? Uh, no, yes. That's what John wrote it, didn't he? Late in life when he's real loving. That's loving. They're lying. They don't know God. God ain't in them. I want to be one with him, and I want to be one with his people. I do. What's that mean? What is that? What would I have in common with Abraham? If I had to be stuck on an island with him, for 10 years. Could I get along with Abraham? And I think often of David and, and Rahab, the king of Israel, the sweet psalmist of Israel, and the head harlot in Jericho. Could them two get along? Are they brother and sister? They got some things in common? Nebuchadnezzar, that wicked king that learned so much. Jonah, that peevish prophet. Kicked his feet up underneath a gourd, said, I'm going to watch this town burn to the ground. <laughs> Greatest revival that's ever recorded in history. Could we get along with him? Would he be personable? What about the apostles? Ruffians. Not these elegant commercial fishermen in the, in the industry of fishing. Ruffians. Mafiosos. You'd, you'd snatch your purse up if you saw them at a 7-Eleven. You get that? Not these little cartoon characters. 
with the saints ever since. People I admire and respect and the stories I love. These great martyrs and everything else throughout time. And these hymn writers that we sang with. But Fanny Cross was just as sweet as could be. I, that woman wouldn't get along with me for nothing. I'm a warrior. I'm a killing machine. We got something in common. Look here in John 17, verse 9. Our Lord's praying. This is his high priestly prayer. John 17, 9. Our Lord's speaking to the Father. God's praying to God. And he said, I pray for them. Speaking of his disciples, those 11 sitting right there with him. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. They've been given to Christ. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I'm glorified in them. This is good. The creation that he's made, he says, it's good. That means it's good. Look at verse 20. Is this just those 11? John 17, 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, through their preaching, through their writing. That's us. That's you. That's me. Christ is praying for us. I want to know what he has to say. Look at the end of verse 20. That's a semicolon, isn't it? The thought continues. What's he praying for us? He's praying for you if you believe. He's praying for me. He's praying for his people that's to come if there's any left. If there's, if there's going to be another hundred years for everyone that's in that hundred years, what's he praying? Verse 21. That they all, A-double-L, all. Uh, that means from, from, from Adam and Eve in the garden to the last saint that's ever going to live. It's going to be called a Christ. All. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, are in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Don't that sink your shoulders. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me for my glory. Union, unity, oneness with Christ. That's to know him. And I don't know about him. Tons of people know about him. That's to love him. Adore him. There's a whole lot of people know my wife. They don't love her like I love her. <laughs> I'm one with her. The Lord's united us. And what he's put together, let no man put us under. He's talking about his bride. We get past ourselves for 30 seconds. Might honor Christ in it, huh? And those other things will sort out. That's eternal life to know him, isn't it? He says, you've given me power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. To know him. Be one with him. If you know him, you love him. Right? And he says, as you and I are one, Father, that they also may be one in us, that all of them, every one, that he's going to lose none of. Just get a hold of that. Walk around with that. Take that in your lunchbox tomorrow when you get up go to work, buddy. Every sinner given to Christ is as one with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father as Christ is one with the Father. He said, I and my Father are one. That's of the same body, isn't it? That is knit. That's a Christian. <laughs> I can't remember the numbers. I should have wrote it down, but Christians mentioned once in the scriptures and uh, saints mentioned 187 times or whatever, a whole bunch. You know? I like that better. Those purchased possessions. No matter the generation, 
no matter the culture, no matter the language, no matter the country or the continent, no matter the status, if they're well-educated, not well-educated, if they're rich, if they're poor, if they're white, they're black, male, female, it doesn't matter, old, young. All are one with Christ, the same as Christ is one with the Father. Right now. If somebody wants to waste 900 pages and try to explain that away, they can have at it. I just say, I don't understand it, Lord, but thank you. Amen. That's what I need. <laughs> I only know what I need. But I know that's it. That is so by the word of God, by the experience of others that are one with him, and by my personal experience. It's so. Peter wrote, said, Whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, talking about warding off the devil, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We're one. Right now in this time, the, the trials we look back on of old, that affects us now, doesn't it? Doesn't that encourage you? You see or hear what that people's went through in the past and, and what we're going through now, we see our brethren going through. That's an encouragement. The trial that comes on me is for you and for brethren in other places. You can breathe a little bit, can't you? All right, I can, I can go for two more minutes. <laughs> I can't, but you get a little puff energy, don't you? That's encouraging. Turn over to Ephesians 4. I was thinking, there's so much things we don't have. This isn't a doctrinal, or I'm going to boil us down to a doctrinal issue. It's what it is, but I'm not talking about small things that we don't have in common. And we need some people with some discernment to tell us what that is. Uh, my brother Eric... And, and, and the folks in Danville, they have services on midweek on Tuesdays. We have it on Wednesdays. Brother Clay and them in New Jersey have midweek on Thursdays. Some people pass the plate. We don't do that here. Brother Darvin doesn't have a win midweek service. That's not what I'm talking about. There's some slight differences here and there, but that one of us is it's probably me in here. I don't know. But there's some errors. I'm not talking about that. What's the heresy? What's the damnable heresy of these lies that mankind naturally adopts? It's in every one of us. I want to know what God has to say, don't you? Ephesians 4. He's going to tell us. Isn't that good? <laughs> tell us what this means to be one with him. Ephesians 4, verse 1. We'll start there. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are Called. He's speaking to believers, those that's already called. He said, walk worthy of your vocation. Is there anything wrong with that? One, Paul said, Paul said it by the hand of God. Holy Spirit moved him, right? If, do you tell your children to act right? You tell your children? Now, now, you behave. Of course you do. Does that change you being my child if you behave or don't behave? No, you're still my child, but I tell you to behave. Paul's telling these children of his, walk worthy of your vocation. The Lord saved you. You're already called. Now, remember who you are and whose you are. <laughs> you heard that before? With all, how? Verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness and with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, enduring, endeavoring to keep the unity, the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's already unity. Well, the Lord has to keep it. He's the one that prayed for it. Yep. And he's going to do it through us. He's a God of means. 
This isn't a fatalistic, just close your eyes and lay in your hammock, and he'll, he'll come take care of you later. He's, if he has servants, they're going to be profitable servants. He's going to use them. We're going to strive to love one another. <laughs> not put people underneath the law, not whip them, not get them make stand up and confess all their sins, and not get them to memorize a bunch of verses. Love one another. Meekness, lowliness. Why? Verse 4, one body. There's one body. He said, I pray that all of them is made one. He's going to tell us what that is. There's one body. One spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. That's all he just prayed for, wasn't it? Who is above all and through all and if you let him, he'll be in you. That's not what that says. It says in you all, in you. He's there. Paul just said y'all called. (laughs) You're already there, ain't you? He's already called you. He's telling us what that means. A Christian, a believer, one that's in Christ, one that's one with Christ. What is it? Well, he says first, one body, isn't it? That's the Lord's church. We're not going to all get together and get fused together with stem cells and hold hands or something. It's his body. That's a, that's a believer's throughout time. The one church. Yeah, there's local assemblies throughout time and throughout this world. We're one of them here. We know of several others, and I hope there's a lot more that we don't know of. And I want to get to know them. I got brothers and sisters out there. I want to know them. But all of us, throughout time, the entire body of Christ, we're one family. We're one body. That's the church of the firstborn, as the scriptures say. And he's the head. We're the body. He's the head. Look over in uh, one page of Ephesians 5. Hebrew writer told us, he said, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. That's us. Made one. Here in Ephesians 5, verse 22. Paul writes, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. There's a lot of applications to that. If you need something, you need to know how to do something with that house, you submit to me. I'm sorry. That's what the word says, isn't it? Here in this assembly, don't go running to other pastors and go find out what you want to know. You come to your pastor, and where and that's other people that's listening. Uh, you can listen in to us here, but you've got questions, go to your pastor. What's your pastor say? Go to your own husbands. And we go unto the Lord because it says, as unto the Lord. We'll learn about prayer in a little bit. But. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the saver. Savior of the body. That's us. Is it any different between Abraham and me? No. Any different between that first saint and that last saint? No, it's the same. He's the Savior. There's no Old Testament God and a New Testament God, and things changed way back when. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for all of them, all those different denominations. No, it, one, singular. See that? That he might sanctify. Who does a sanctifying? That's awful easy, isn't it? That he. <laughs> that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, singular, not having spot or wrinkle. Well, what about something else or any such thing? 
Think it up. It don't have blemishes. <laughs> but that it should be holy and without blemish. That's what our king made his bride and presented to himself. No spot, no wrinkle. Not just as if I had not sinned, justified. You go out and somebody dies by your hand and you go to the judge and judge say that was justified. And they say, he murdered him. They say, no, he didn't. There's no murder took place. Justified. Go home. Do what you want. Go see a movie. It's gone. He made his, spot, his bride without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. I like that. But that he might present it to himself. He did all that, and then he presents it to himself. And what are we? Holy and without blemish. That's good news. Every one of the members of his body, there's no degrees. I got to say that too. Uh, Paul's real clear on that too. He said, we're laboring right now and there's apostles and there's prophets and there's pastors and there's people who go out and work for a living to support them people and everything else and people pray. And this is that's what we're doing now. That's just why we're here. <laughs> as soon as this is over, we're the same. We're just part of the body. And we know our head. Every member knows that our Lord is on his throne. That's what that thief on the cross is. When you enter your kingdom, you're the king. And you got a kingdom. All you do is remember me, and I'll be with you. We know he's on his throne. We know he made everything. We know he performs all things. We act like we don't most of the time. We just get so downtrodden by providence and the news and everything else. The Lord did that. You know that, don't you? Well, I forget, but I know that. Every member of that body knows he sustains everything, and that all that is according as it pleases him. It's his will, because he wanted to. And that's fine with me. Lord did that because he wanted to. Is that okay with you? <laughs> I hope so. It's okay with, with his body. It's okay, isn't it? We may not understand what the head's doing, but we're okay with it. And all the armies of heaven and earth and under the earth and everything. This is life eternal that we may know him. To know him. To love him. To adore him. To be made one with him. John said later on in life in 1 John 5, he said, We know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and the eternal life. Be in him, to know him, be one with him. That's why I don't use the term Christian flippantly. That means something. We know what that means now, don't we? We might have said those things in the past, but when we learn something, we've, now we have some understanding. I learned that word caveat. Everybody said, I always thought it meant in addition to. No, it doesn't. It means warning, warning. That's literally what the word means. Well, once I learned that, I couldn't hear it as an add-on anymore. I knew what it meant. The Lord's telling us these things and showing us, isn't he? Every member of this one body knows where we came from. Where'd the Lord get, come get you? Well, I was just so holy and good. He just... He come to me and asked me real nice. No, he found me dead in trespasses and sins. Is that any different than Abraham? Is that any different than anybody else? Is that the same for you? It's the same for me, isn't it? I was dead. I was a worm. I hated him. I was against him. I didn't believe Christ. Didn't want nothing to do with him. I might have been in a church house. I might have been a member of a church. might have had a whole bunch of scripture memorized, but I was at war with God. And he conquered me. Is that the same on other continents? That's the same, isn't it? 
That's one. That's one. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ. He's made us alive. He's made us one. By grace are you saved. That's what we call that, Paul says in parentheses. <laughs> That's gracious. He bore us sin, me, and the punishment I rightly earned, and he made me righteous. There's a meeting I only read of recently back in the 700s. Not 1700s, back in the 700s. And they met up in Turkey. And they said, uh, Christ was made us and we're made righteous. That's done. Worship him. That sounds like what we, we believe, isn't it? That sounds like what this word says. Yes, it's the same. It's the same. Nothing different. He bore us, made us righteous. He was buried. He died. He rose again, and he's seated right now making intercession for us. Nothing's changed. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That's the same for me, for you, for whoever's to come, whoever was. That's in him. That's one with him. Not Mary. That needs said. This I equally. Take that. Don't, don't go confess your sins in a booth to a guy in a funny dress. And don't go pray in the mother Mary to the rosary at the same weight. A pound of feathers and a pound of steel is both a pound, ain't it? Not Kevin Thacker. Whoever's tuning in and listening, my prayers ain't no better than your prayer. I don't have some 800 number line to God. I'm no different. Go to him. <laughs> He's the mediator. There's one mediator, and that's my mediator, and that's your mediator. If he'll mediate for me, he'll mediate for you. <laughs> Come to him. Come to him. We're made members of one body with one head, Christ our Lord. And just as my body does whatever my head wants it to, whatever these hands want or these feet and blink my eyes, it does what my head wants. This body does what our head wants. With that faith comes obedience. He makes us obedient. That ain't our choice. And, and, and I want to, but it ain't my, my doing and my glorying in it or I'm better than somebody else. He works that in us. Our head does that. He gets all the glory. We love the fact, the whole body, me and Rahab and David and whoever's to come, the headship of our husband, our kinsman redemption found only in the Holy One of Israel, Christ. If someone does not like that, they don't know God and they're not a member of the body. If what he says is true, the opposite means it's wrong. <laughs> he said in Ephesians 2, In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. He's done this. He's built us. We got one body. That was my longest point. Bear with me. Second, one spirit is what he says next in Ephesians 4. Isn't it? A person seeking the Holy Spirit has not been dealt with by the Holy Spirit yet. A person seeking the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, hasn't come in contact and been dealt with by the Holy Ghost yet. Because they're seeking the Holy Ghost, not Christ. Paul wrote in Romans 8, he said, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. <laughs> you ain't already got that looking to Christ. The Lord ain't saved you yet. 
or you're not his. Do we let them people walk around in bliss thinking they've done something for themselves? No, we pray for them. Turn over to John 15. John 15. Here's what that spirit, one spirit he says. Here's what that spirit does. John 15, verse 26. He says, but when the comforter is come, when the Holy Spirit's come, when the Holy Ghost has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now, whenever he testifies of Christ in you, effectually, what's going to happen? Verse 27, and ye also shall bear witness of the Holy Ghost and jumping over pews of Christ. That ain't no different from the first saint to the last. That's how that works. He comes to us. He effectually works in power through the preaching of the gospel and the word and truth, not in a lie. You believe the truth from the truth, from the word, and then you profess Christ. In believer's baptism, you take his table. We'll get to that in a minute too. You believe and then you're baptized. You're not baptized and then you believe. If you baptize and then you believe, you ain't been baptized yet. You just kept getting some water in front of people. You ain't professed him. And ye also shall bear witness. You're going to profess and testify of Christ too, just like the Holy Spirit did. That's a, people don't think that's a miraculous act of God the Holy Ghost. Look to Christ and mean it. That's the Holy Ghost working. Look over in John 16, page over in verse 13. Albeit when he, the spirit of truth, that's who we're talking about, one spirit, that's the same, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. That one body hits sealed by one Holy Spirit. Isn't it? Look up in verse 9. John 16, 9. He's going to come to us and he's going to convince, convince us and convict us and we're just going to be overwhelmed by it, of sin. Well, man's bad. Those folks over there is bad and there's some bad things happening downtown after 10 p.m. No, of sin because they believe not on me. Do you remember when you didn't believe God and you hated him? I do. And I was in the right church with the right preacher and the right Bible sitting in my lap. And then God saved me. I'm convinced of it. I was looking to me and my knowledge and my decades-long reading of the Word and the study and all this stuff, and then God saved me. And I was like, I didn't believe him. I was believing me or John Gill or whoever, some fella. Now I believe him. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. He ascended. The only one that could ever ascend is the one that descended. And that's, he said so, and that's right. He's holy. I'm not. He's righteous. I need him. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. It's over. Rest. That's rest. Nothing's else left to done, be done. What was promised there in Genesis? It was done when he promised it because he's God. <laughs> it's come to pass. It's done. Rejoice in him. Worship him and thank him. and Go on about your day until he comes. Huh? There in Ephesians 
one, it says, in whom you've also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in, in whom? What's the gospel of our salvation? In whom? It's a person. In whom also that after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. That's what we're sealed in. Everybody, that's his, Christians, true ones, those made one with Christ that he prayed for. That's what he did in us. And they were sealed, uh, preserved until he comes. Nothing's going to get at you. You ain't going to ruin. You ain't going to spoil until he comes. There in Ephesians 4, it says, One hope of our calling. There's one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. A believer, a member of Christ's body, one that's one with Christ, a, tr a true Christian, truly, as God says so. What's their hope? Go to heaven? No. To, to be right? I found a right church? No. It's to be made like Christ. I want to be where he is and I want to be like him. He's everything. I want to be just like, when I was five years old, I want to be just like my dad. I wanted to wear what my dad wore. I wanted the same boots he had. I wanted a 25-foot Stanley tape line on my hip 24 hours a day. I wanted to have all the tools he had. I want to be just like him. I admired him. That's our hope. That's a believer's hope. I want to be made like him. And I want to be where he, And that's not a, a wishy hope as we use it in our day. It's an expected end. That's it. John said, Beloved, now, right now, you who want that, he says, right now, we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. That apostle didn't. I don't really have a good handle on what's, what it's going to look like. I can't draw you a picture. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope, what hope? Being made like Christ. That's predestination. Brother John's one. I give we talked about that quite a bit this week. He's going to preach on that Friday. Predestination is being made like Christ. He's the destination. He's the capital H, heaven. That's it. People hate predestination. Don't you want to be made like Christ? I guess they don't. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. He's all you hope, you're holy. Paul wrote to Thessalonica, he said, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not. We had a brother go home recently. Even as others which have no hope. He had hope to be conformed to Christ. Paul said in Romans 8, We know, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Two B's in italics. He's predestinated conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, them whom he did predestinate, he also called. All that hope he has for us, he called us to it. And whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If he's our expected end, who can be against you? If somebody has something else, you can't walk with them. 
People say, well, we had fellowship back in. What kind of boat was you in? I mean it. Amos said, can two walk together except they be agreed? Either you was in the wrong boat or they was. Oh, brother, I'll hurry that too. We're getting to one faith. But brother Henry wrote a letter to a fellow there in Asheville one time at another church, and he said, we don't send our stuff to uh, people of a different faith. He said, well, there's one faith, so either you're wrong or I am. That's so. Man sat in my living room one time, looked at my children, and said, "Well, we're all we're all going to heaven. We're just going different paths." I said, "Don't you say that garbage in this house? There's one way, and it's it's Christ. He's the way. There ain't another way." What they agree on? Two can walk together except they be agreed. They agree on Christ. They agree on our hope. They agree on the head of this body. They agree on the one that sent the Spirit. It's his Spirit. I'm glad for that. One Lord. One body. There's one Spirit. He prayed we'd be one, all of us. That they have one body, one Spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord. Every one of us that are one with Christ. David, Abraham, Rahab, Sarah, you pick a generation, uh, all of us. We're all willing bond slaves to the King. You're free to go. I ain't chasing nobody in the parking lot. Let me tell you something. He didn't chase 5,000. You want to go to? Lord, to whom shall we go? Willing. Bore my ear. I'm yours. Told that came that woman. These scraps, are, we're going to give children's uh, bread to dogs. I'm your dog. I'll take any crumb you feel like giving me. We want to stay, don't we? He's the Lord. He's king. That's the lordship of Christ. Everybody and their brother go down to the dime store and find them a savior of some kind or a helper or a co-pilot. I want to hear about your Lord who rules and reigns and is the focus of your whole life. He's Lord by decree. The Father made him. So he said, let therefore, <clears throat> therefore let all the house of Israel know it surely that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. He's made him that way. He's the Lord of all creation. Everything was made by him. He's the Lord of providence. Everything's through him. He controls everything. Salvation. Salvation's of the Lord. Is there any difference between Jonah coming out of that whale's belly and you? <laughs> or one, that body's the same, isn't it? For of him and through him and to him are all things. He's Lord by death. We couldn't have planned that one, had he? Romans 14, 9, for, this, for to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. The living's us. And everybody else said, well, that ain't fair. He's Lord of all. He's Lord of all. There was an old quote that said, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. People sitting on a fence, I want to shake that fence. <laughs> you can't flirt with a sovereign. He is Almighty God. Our God is God. One faith. What about that faith? People always talk about their faith. That's our faith. There's one faith we have. That's what it says, isn't it? One faith. 
There in Hebrews 12, it says, Let us run with patience the race that's set before us. You're going to run by faith. You're going to walk by faith. You're going to sit still by faith. And you're going to move or not move by faith. That's conduit. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He authored it. He sustains it. He finishes it because he's the one that decides when our point in time is for us to go see him. Be made like him. He conformed to his image. He's the one giver of this faith. For by grace you saved through faith, and that in all yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not by works, by your doing, lest any man should boast. He's a sustainer of it. I was so thankful he told Peter. He said, I've prayed. We just looked at those I haves there in his prayer, John 17. Luke 22 says, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. What a comfort. He's a sustainer of it. And this one faith that's given by God, that he's the sustainer of, it looks to one object, the Lord Jesus Christ. We look to him. Look to him. Not our experiences, not our knowledge, not our status, not our face or grace or place or anything. Look to him. That ain't no different. Isn't that throughout time? That's the same, isn't it? What was Job doing? I don't recommend anybody go make sacrifices, but his kids was throwing the party. And he went and he said, they've sinned against God. I'm going to beg God to, for him to save them. He, went, he looked to Christ, didn't he? Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Paul said to Timothy, he said, I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Fully persuaded. This one faith has the same foundation. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What is this faith? Whose is it? Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Same faith. One faith, isn't it? The faith that Sarah had to conceive. That looks different when we read it in Genesis, doesn't it? She laughed. Lord said, she's going to have a baby. And she laughed. He asked Abraham, said, why is she laughing? She said, I didn't laugh. Lord said, faith. Rahab lied to government officials. The harlot. Great faith. David's great faith. He said, this, why y'all scare this uncircumcised Philistine? Give me a couple rocks. I'll take five smooth stones up there. I'll drop him. What's wrong with you? That's the same one that had spittle running down his beard, wasn't it? Elijah's faith, on and on. That's all the faith of Christ. That's what the Father sees. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Same faith you have that believe right now. No different. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Well, certain days I could just drop and I want to crawl underneath the rock. And there's other days I want to clap. And I said, you hear that? He said, we have faith. And if he gave it, that's enough. That's saving faith, what that is. How, how could somebody be of a different faith? Well, you just have a different faith than I do. That's not according to God's word, is it? One faith. One faith. One baptism. Is that by the Holy Spirit? Yes. You, he comes to you, reveals Christ to you, only Christ, and that's being baptized 
into one body. We read in 1 Corinthians 12. Whether you be Jew, Gentile, uh, bond, free, it don't make no difference. No matter what you are, who you are, where you are, when you are, we're baptized by him into Christ. Isn't it? And that's also in our physical baptism. That thief on the cross wasn't baptized. Yes, he was. Just a couple, three year, three and a half years before, wasn't he? He went to John, our Lord did, John the Baptist. And he said, you <clears throat> baptize me. And he said, Lord, I need baptized of thee. You come to me? And he said, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us, me and you, John, the whole body. You sitting here today that love him those in the past, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Well, if somebody, the Holy Spirit came to them, they didn't have a chance to physically be baptized. They were 2,000 years ago. That's what the Father seen. He came up out of that water and he said, it's my son whom I'm well pleased. That's the head. What's attached to the head, the whole body, isn't it? And then what about us? We know this. The Lord commands it. He said, go into all the world, preach, Make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. In that order, isn't it? He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Not those that were baptized, and then 20 years later, like, well, I know I've come to the truth now. I've been drawn to Christ. Brought me to Him. Belief comes first. Not we're baptized, and that makes us believe. That Ethiopian eunuch looked at Philip and said, I believe. What, what must I do to be baptized? He said, you believe? Well, if you do, if he's your hope and he's your head and it's his spirit and his faith and everything else, if he's your all, that's it. And if not, I ain't baptizing you. You can wait. <laughs> if you were baptized and believed, you did not confess Christ and you don't yet know him. It says, finally, one God in Ephesians 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. One God who is above all and through all and in you all. Well, I thought it said that Christ and the Father was going to abide in us and the Spirit's going to make his boat there. Yes. That triune God, that thrice holy God, manifest in a body the Godhead manifest in a body <laughs> that's in us he physically came in his body he was, was prepared for him and he's in us his body we're one with him one with him it's so common say so, well you know they got their God and Muhammad and this one and that one or whatever and Buddha it'll be fine we all got our our God no it won't there's one God one father who's above all and through all and in you all. Look back at John 17, we'll close. Knowing that. <laughs> see, seeing, seeing what his word says about all these things. Let's read this one more time. You ready? Verse 20. Speaking of those 11. Neither pray I for these alone, not just for these apostles, but for them also which shall, shall, Believe on me through their word that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe thou hast sent me.
how how could I be made one with the Holy God I was at war with? Christ's going to have to come. He's going to have to be sent of the Father and live for me and, and bear my wrath and die for me and be raised for me. <laughs> Is that any different for you? He's made us one, hasn't he? I thank him for that. That makes me thank. Let's pray together. Father, what a salvation we have. What a Savior. Thank you. Lord, it's unimaginable that we're with him now and he's in us now as we're we see this flesh and this world around us we know our own thoughts and this body of death and everything we want to do we don't do and what we don't want to do that's what we do which leaves us needy and that's a good place to be thank you for that Lord thank you for making us dependent on the one that's worthy be with those that aren't with us Lord and Give them comfort and draw them and make them one as Christ has prayed. And it shall happen. Forgive us for what we are. Forgive us for our wandering and our feebleness. And You know our frame, Lord. Thank you for this day. Keep Christ on our minds this week. It's in his name that we ask it. Amen.